This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Man, I'm getting nervous here. Uh, my wife gifted me a wonderful gift. I've never been to New York City. And this weekend, uh, we are going to be going to the Big Apple. Nice. The concern comes in with the air travel and the horror stories I've been hearing about traveling out of Canada, specifically Pearson Airport. Yeah, the worst airport in the world. Worst place in the world, <laughs> according to some. <laughs> For the past few months, man, it's uh, it's been nothing but uh, but negative when you see the stories coming out of there. Mm-hmm. And Air Canada hasn't had a good uh, run in terms of publicity either. Yeah, no, it's a, international embarrassment. Celebrities are, are com- going online and complaining about the airport itself. This headline's not going to help Air Canada. Air Canada sent a passenger's cats from Toronto to San Francisco without him and then told him to go collect them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, They'll find their way home. A passenger's cats were sent from Toronto to San Francisco. He then called Air Canada, said, where are my cats? They figured out they're in San Francisco. He was not in San Francisco. Oh, man. And they said, well, why don't you hop on a flight and go get your cats? I mean, I would hope they would at least offer to pay for it. It doesn't sound like it. (laughs) Because those are living... Like, it's one thing if it's your luggage. Those things are going to die if nobody looks after them. Yeah, someone's got to look after the cats. I, uh... My wife told me she called to change our flights or something. She was on the phone for, like, the wait time was four and a half hours to talk to somebody. Good lord. I know. It's, it's like they purposely are staffing the phones, like short staffing the phones, so they don't have to deal with less complaints. Well, it's like the phone companies as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you hang up in anger. You've got a problem. You call. Oh, we uh, you can't talk to anybody right now. It's going to be five hours before you can, and then you just say, screw it, and you hang up. Yeah, and it always goes, we are experiencing longer than normal wait times. No, you're not. It's always hours. Yeah. This is exactly what happens and what I should have expected. These are your normal wait times. Yeah. And you refuse to do anything about it because it benefits you not to because people just hang up because they don't have five hours to waste in their day mm-hmm. on hold. Or you leave it on speakerphone in the kitchen, you go down in the basement, somebody answers, you run upstairs and they've already moved yeah. on. Or if you're in your car, it's always when you're pulling into a parking garage, they finally pick up, hello, can I help you? Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I was watching some UFC on the weekend, Jim, and one of the fighters came out to this song. I thought it was kind of an odd choice. Patty the Batty? Because he's kind of funny. Or was it a guy who took himself seriously? Where it began I can't begin to know I can't remember the fighter. But then I know I just remember hearing this and, and thinking, that's an interesting choice. It's a bit of a pandering song. The audience will sing along, guaranteed. The ba-ba-ba every time. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, this is like an after-goal song a lot of times, too. It's, People have weird after goal songs yeah. too, or a seventh inning stretch. Yeah, 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 big time. Right? But, but yeah, it, you want to you want a pump up song. That's like, that's what I would think. If you're going in there to punch and kick a guy yeah. or a girl, 
reminds me of when the episode is the Simpsons where Homer starts boxing. He comes out to, why can't we be friends? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Same kind of vibe, yeah. right? <laughs> we put the question on the Taz and Jim Facebook page yesterday. What would your walkout song be if you were a professional fighter? And we got a couple responses here. Yeah, Ken says, uh, Do Host by Ramstein. Do, do Host. Do Host mich. That's a good pop-up song for sure. This is one I agree with. I used to listen to this one before, uh, you know, any sports game back in the day. Uh, Audio Slave Coaches. I take all that set. Man, this song gets me going. And we also fireworks going off. Oh, that video, man! Uh, And also, Auburn says she went with a different route. She said, "Spice Girls, two become one." to throw your opponent off a little bit. Yeah. What are you planning on doing to me in the ring? Two become one. Want to make love to you, baby. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) You do. (laughs) I I do. But, I, you know, it would stand out. If yeah. if somebody played the Spice Girls to become one, I wonder. I, I said the best walkouts ever are in pro wrestling. I mean, though that to me is how you get how you get the crowd into it. Like the first syllable, the crowd should know who's coming out. If I could, I don't know of the legal uh, legalities of it, but I would come out to the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme song. That's a good one. That one iconic. ACDC was a big one on the weekend in the UFC. There was oh, yeah. a couple fighters who came out to ACDC again. Back in Black Highway to Hell, or because I, 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 those are my two go-to's. You could basically pick from the library <laughs> Every any song. song. Pump up song, yeah. <laughs> big balls, whatever. Sure. <laughs> also confuse your opponent. Chris Curtis is the fighter who came out to Sweet Caroline on the weekend. <laughs> Again, kind of pandering. The, the crowd got into it. One guy came out to the Mortal Kombat theme song, That's too. That's cool. That's Yeah, what is that? Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Here's a couple texts coming in. Hit me with your best shot, Pat Benatar. I remember my sister played in a hockey tournament and her friends edited a highlight clip to that song. <laughs> I got legs that I know how to use them. If you're a kickboxer, that'd be fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Jump around, house of pain, that'd be sweet. one 829 That's one 833 and Jim. What would your walkout song be? Let us know. Got some Taz and Jim listener suggestions here. What would your entrance song be if you were a UFC fighter? Here's one. Halen Ferguson says, without a doubt, my walkout song would be the breakdown at the end of Domination by Pantera. Let's try that one out here. All right, welcome to the ring. Halen Ferguson. <laughs> this does sound like standard wrestling walk-up music, eh? Totally. 
Not far off from the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not at all. Pound Cake by Van Halen. One suggestion for a walk at time. Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on with the leg warmers physical. on. Winona's Big Brown Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more Panteras here. Rocky soundtrack stuff. Sure. Disturbed, Down with the Sickness. Of course. Is a popular choice. This one is kind of... Uh, Unique. You walk in. This is your your tune as you you make your way to the octagon. <laughs> Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your work. the crowd would be singing a lot. Yeah. It's like the Sweet Caroline, right? You get them like, on your side immediately. Yeah, it's tough to boo when the Cheers song yeah, is playing. It almost makes me emotional. It's like such a good feeling when this song comes on. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Well, the end is near. The robot apocalypse has officially begun. A chess-playing robot broke a seven-year-old child's finger during a Russian chess tournament Mm. last week. Sergei Lazarev is the president of the Moscow Chess Federation, and he told the Russian state news agency, A robot broke a child's finger. This, of course... Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the clarification. This, of course, bad. Oh, that wasn't a legal move? (laughs) So the, the, the boy made a move, a chess move. Apparently didn't give the robot enough time to respond, so the robot grabbed the kid's finger, and there's video of the incident that's gone viral. The, the robots really got the kid in a death grip for a couple of seconds, grabbing its finger until until it breaks. <laughs> and everyone's scrambling, trying to get the kid's finger out of the robot. Uh, yes, this robot is equipped with artificial intelligence. They are investigating to see exactly what caused the robot to grab the finger. Well, step one, it's way too bulky of a machine. Like, if you see it, the arm is thick. Like, it's not like a little, small, tiny thing. It's like, it looks like some sort of medical equipment or something like that. Like, it is a big piece of equipment. Too strong. Stronger than it needs to be? Too way too strong. Why does it have finger-breaking strength in the first place? (laughs) Also, do you need the robot to even play? Like, can't you just play against the computer? Who can- Robots, I'm not impressed by it moving pieces. That has been a technology available for 30 years. It's not impressive. It's completely unnecessary. If it looked like a human and it was playing, cool. But there's no need for this novelty. We will coordinate to understand what happened and try to help the family in any way we can. <laughs> I don't understand why this chess is playing robots even impressive. It's playing seven-year-olds. Like, all these seven-year-olds <laughs> could beat me, but why is this thing even a thing? It's not impressive. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the robot is getting this frustrated playing uh, chess against a kid, God help us all if it plays Mario Kart and loses. <laughs> Oh, you think it's a bad loser. <laughs> you know how frustrating that is that someone beats you at Mario oh, Kart. dude, you hit a robot with a blue shell when it's near the finish line, Armageddon. <laughs> it's over. And by Armageddon, 
We mean it's going to snap your arm instantly. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Let's talk about death. <laughs> Specifically the death of the Choco Taco. I had no idea this product existed. I don't think you can get it in Canada. No, I don't think you can either. It's an American thing? Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I've heard the name before, but never knew what it was in reference to. Choco Taco? Maybe it's just so catchy I think I did, but I feel like I've heard it like on TV before. Sounds like it could be a, a kid's show. Yeah. yeah. Coco Melon followed by Choco Taco. Choco Taco's on right after. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim just turned to me He's like Oh my god Taz Have you ever had a Choco Taco? You're looking at a picture of this thing Yeah It's the same shape as a taco And it's got like a waffle cone shell For the taco Instead of like a normal corn based taco shell And then the ice cream goes in it Where the be- ground beef would go And then around To seal the ice cream in Is chocolate and nuts Like you would see at the top of a drumstick it's basically a taco-shaped drumstick ice cream tree. It's very, it's very much that. I mean, I could have probably explained that to myself. Choco taco, it's exactly what you think it would be. A chocolate-covered taco. Could also and, be a Hanna-Barbera cartoon from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks, it honestly looks awesome, and I'm not sure why it looks so appetizing, because a drumstick, I think, would do in a pinch. Yeah, it tastes very similar. Yeah, yeah. But it's the presentation. It's the novelty of it. People are freaking out online down in the United States, Americans who can no longer get Choco Tacos because Klondike, you know, the what would you do for a Klondike bar? Yeah. They're the company who make this thing, and they have said the, uh, the Choco Taco has been discontinued. No mm. longer going to be making it. There's just so much bad food, and you go to anywhere in the States where they sell junk food, there's so much chocolate and crap. I'm just I'm surprised there's not a market for this. It looks awesome. It's got a big brand name behind it. Is is there's it the, so many obese people in America? Is it the taco thing though? Because think about when you eat a, a normal taco, the mess that it makes. True, true. So the delivery system here, instead of the cone, which keeps everything contained, yeah, you've got a taco that is now squirting ice cream and <laughs> and peanuts everywhere as you eat it. Crumbling, you know, you got the shell crumbling. Yeah, no, I could see it being an absolute mess. I would not hand one of these to any of your kids, Taz, that's for sure. Not in the backseat of the car, definitely not. But I wonder how, like, the South Americans and Mexicans who live in America feel about this. I feel like that is right up your alley. Like, it'd be like if we went down to America and there was, like, a poutine, chocolate poutine, and they discontinued it. I'd be very upset. (laughs) Me and my family would be. You wouldn't be offended. I'd be offended. I said, "What's your problem?" Oh, but you would you wouldn't be offended that it existed. Like, no, hey, I'd be pumped. Thanks for taking something that we created and making it into a disgusting ice cream oh, mess. Oh, like maybe this <laughs> is dessert appropriation. Yes. Mm. Choco Taco. There is some speculation that maybe they have announced that they are canceling the Choco Taco just to get. Uh, people worked up mm. so then they can have the triumphant return of the Choco Taco, get all this free advertising and, and relaunch the brand. Sure, sure. Like when Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the TV show, was about to go off the air and then another network bought it. Right. So maybe haagen will buy the rights to this. There are people saying that they want to purchase if they are actually, if, if Klondike is not going to make the Choco Taco, 
they would like to purchase the rights to the Choco Taco. <laughs> yes, let's keep it going. I want to try before I die. To keep it from melting away from future generations' childhoods. <laughs> so the Choco Taco may be dead for now, hmm. but who knows, it may be resurrected in the near future. Are you brave enough to let me see your big cock? It's time for sports with our sports guy, Devin Peacock. And Dev, you're going to tell us about an interesting clause that was written into the contract of a big NFL quarterback. Yeah, Kyler Murray has signed a new deal with the Arizona Cardinals. It's for five years and $230 million. It includes $160 million in guaranteed money and is the second highest average for a quarterback in the NFL at $46.1 million. So it's a massive deal, but it's got this weird clause, as you said, and it includes four hours of independent study per week and to confirm uh, once again Kyler Murray's no longer in school so uh, when they're talking study they're it's talking preparing for games <laughs> so what's that like watching game tape and uh, and and looking at the plays stuff like that they have a definition for it all. Independent study is defined as material given to him by the team in order to prepare for the upcoming game with time spent in mandatory meetings not counting. So this has to be outside of what he does in team-sanctioned uh, preparation for the upcoming week. So he does not receive any credit for studying material on an electronic device if he's not personally studying or watching the material. He can't have someone tell him about it. He has to do it himself. The contract cites watching TV, playing video games, and browsing the internet as examples of distracting activities. And if he does not do this, he could be in default of his contract. Now, what it gets a little bit weirder as well, because the Cardinals say he does this already. They just wanted it in writing, uh -huh. which I don't quite believe, because if you're putting this in, you've got to study for the game coming up and not play video games. <laughs> it's like got a some very concerns. specific example. <laughs> like the guy's got a bit of a reputation. And you know what? I, I'm thinking back to my high school days. Uh, I have ADHD. It was it was very difficult for me to pay attention in class. But if somebody was paying me $200 million, I would have been the most focused kid in that school. It's also four hours a week, so it's not four hours a day. That's not even, you know, an hour a day if you're trying to average it out over the entire week. That could be like, you know, 30 minutes on a Monday. You know, this is not exactly, uh, you know, the, the world they're asking of Kyler Murray here. Kyler, you can play your video games when your homework is done. <laughs> well, I guarantee he's going to, if this is his reputation that he's deserved, he's going to just be cooking dinner while it's on in the background and like playing video games while the iPad is running. How is anybody going to confirm that he's been studying other than by his play uh, on the field? It's a really good question because I don't know how you, you, you would have to have, you know, someone else as a witness basically a to say, you know, he's not doing it. So it's going to have to be like his friend or his parent or one teammates who's saying, Kyler's not doing his homework, which is going to lead to like Kyler probably <laughs> not following the, the meal plan they have and just eating Big Macs all the time. So like, <laughs> it's like if, if I'm getting $46.1 million a year, 
for five years, then I am paying attention. But also, if I'm the team, and I know you can't exactly find another Kyler Murray anywhere because he was drafted first overall, I'd be a little bit concerned about the fact you have to put this clause in writing if you're giving him this huge of a contract. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Speaking of religion, this is an interesting story out of New York. A pastor was doing a live stream church service. He's got very popular through the pandemic, right? If you couldn't go in physically and experience the service, you could watch it on your computer. Uh, I know my mom is is religious, and she would we'd call it Virch. She's going to Virch. Oh, virtual church. <laughs> right. Virch. Instead yeah, yeah. of church, she, she would go to Virch every Sunday. Uh, well, they're doing a Virch service in New York City when some gunmen break in and they rob the pastor. Here is the moment that it happened and the pastor talking about what was taken. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. They, you know, took my watch, took my jewelry, took my bishop's ring, took my wedding band, and then they took my bishop's cross. It was hundreds of thousands of dollars in jewelry that was taken from me. God will avenge. I don't have to do anything. God will avenge. Avenge? Is that on God's resume? Is he avenging the <laughs> Where was he when Thanos was uh, yeah. causing problems? That is, uh, that's wild that he has a cross worth $100,000 around his neck. $400,000 total is, is what this pastor had in jewelry on him. Uh, that bugs me. It's, it's like when, I, when, I, when I, like a TV pastor has Joel all this money. Joel Olstein, that yeah. guy is like, I need, send me money so I can spread the word of the Lord. I need 12 private jets and 52 mansions around the world. Yeah. It'll help me do a better job preaching if you give me that money yeah. so I can buy things for myself. Now, if this cross stays with the church and every time there's a new pastor, the cross is handed down and it's just like a nice gold piece. I'm cool with that because our church had like gold chalices, which were probably expensive too. Right. And somebody broke in there and stole those and they were actually gold, right? Oh, really? It's like a quality they never wear and tear or whatever. Uh, yeah. So th- there is like stuff valuable in churches, not out of pure vanity, but just because it's like a nice item. Yeah, it's but. an old uh, old hand-me-down. Yeah. <laughs> All those old church hand-me-downs. But geez, After a while, man. they're worth some cash. This is my fantasy, though, Taz. We've talked about this. When I was like so bored in church as a kid, I would like start daydreaming about like what would happen if terrorists or robbers came in and started stealing old ladies' purses and yeah, how it would guys. save the day. How you would John McClain that 100%. situation. There was no diehards in the, in the crowd here, I guess. Everybody was at home watching virtually, so they couldn't actually fight these guys. Well, this also would be a great insurance claim. Oh. I'm not saying a, a pastor would do that, but... If you were looking to file a $400,000 insurance claim, you could have some gunmen come in live stream in a virch session. <laughs> right? Like everyone's seeing what's going on. They take your cross, they take all your jewelry, and you got to get that check from the insurance company. Yeah, and there you go, Exhibit A, the video. And he also he's like, I'm not going to do anything about it. God will avenge me, a.k.a. my insurance company. <laughs> Like a good neighbor, (laughs) God is there. 
This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. How's your top feeling today, Jim? My what? The top of your body, your head. Oh, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I feel fine. <laughs> Yesterday we were at Tim Hortons Field. We were uh, doing some content creating with the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. <laughs> and Jim voluntarily put himself in a position uh, where his his noggin was at risk. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic William Tell move. It was my idea. I wanted to volunteer as tribute to put a can, a beer can or whatever, Tim Hortons cup on the top of my head. I think we ended blindfold. up with a Gatorade bottle. Yeah, it was Tim Hortons field arrest, so we wanted Tim Hortons, but didn't have one around. Anyway, Gatorade bottle, perfect target. I wanted a full double-double. Scathing hot on the yeah, top yeah. of your head. Yeah, I wanted uh, just something sweet and then a bunch, a hive of bees nearby. <laughs> um, honey, a jar of honey. Yeah, so anyway, we had Tyler off the team. I, I went, there's three guys there, none of them quarterbacks. Uh, and I go, okay, who's, who's got the best arm of all you Ticats players? And Tyler, who's a receiver, goes, oh, definitely me. So I said, okay, I trust that guy because he immediately said definitely him. So we put the Gatorade bottle on one of those tackling dummies first just to see how accurate it was. Two times in a row, he nailed it. Didn't yeah. even touch the dummy at all. So he Didn't just like, clearly knocked the bottle off the head. So I had a lot of confidence. So then I put the bottle on my head. <laughs> I'm standing there, eyes closed, and I can like feel the wind go by my head as he throws it three times just over top of me. Doesn't hit the bottle, doesn't hit me, nothing. And all I can hear, because my eyes are closer, you guys going, oh, oh! <laughs> and I can hear it getting closer. And then finally, I feel one come in, boom, off the side of my head, and the bottle goes flying up in the air. It was satisfying. Your head kicked back. Because he was humming fell. him in. Like, he was rifling him did in. Did he actually even hit the bottle, or did just your head kicking I, back send the bottle flying? I don't know. My vid- my eyes were closed. We're going to have to check the video replay. But, it like, you guys all thought it would have hurt, because he was humming him in there. But it wasn't the, the the nose of the ball that got me. It was, it like, careened off the side of my head. So it yeah, felt like... Yeah, initially I thought he got you with the point. Yeah, yeah. But it felt, like, no different than... Heading a ball in soccer, okay, it, was, it hurt less than that. So well, like, it, it looked fun, <laughs> and that's going to be on the jumbotron at the next uh, Tie Cats game or well, the next Yeah, few. we don't know if it's the next Tie Cats game, but watch the big screen if you're going to home games because uh, some of the stuff we did yesterday on the field is going to be featured over the uh, remainder of the season. That's one. To, that's going to be my favorite, though. I I haven't seen the other videos, but I know Jim getting hit in the head with the football. Yeah, is definite man hit with football. <laughs> Doink is is my favorite for sure. Shout out to Alden Darby, he's DB for the team. Tyler Turnowski, 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 yeah, Turnowski. Hamilton boy, how cool is that? He was born and raised in Hamilton, grew up a Ticats fan, and now he plays for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Incredible. And Sean Thomas Erlington, great guys that we were uh, on the field with yesterday. Emily from the Ticats, thank you for uh, your organization setting everything up. And another guy we got to give a shout out to, like the legend himself, Tom Chalmers. Oh, buddy. The keeper of the cup. Mm-hmm. The gray cup handler. So you, you see, like, during the big game, you'll see him with the white gloves on, and you're like, what does that guy do the rest of the year? Believe it or not, 
He polishes the cup. We came around the corner. The Canadian Football Hall of Fame and Museum is at Tim Hortons Field. We came around the corner, and there's a guy polishing this big trophy. Mm-hmm. And we said, uh, hey, buddy, is that the great cup? And he said, well, it's it's part of the old drum, yeah, that we had to take off, but technically it is the great cup. And we're like, well, what's your, who are you? What do you do? He's like, I'm the keeper of the cup. (laughs) (laughs) And he, he got every single fingerprint off of that thing. True, true. We asked him, can we carry, can we lift it? See how heavy it is? He said, what are you talking? I I just finished polishing it. You want me to put your, you want to put your fingerprints all over it? Not right now. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) He's good. He's the protector. But Tom was a great guy. We got his card. So uh, we have any great cup questions Mm -hmm. in the future. We can talk to the keeper of the cup. <laughs> uh, watch the uh, the big screen if you're going to Tie Cats games. You may see your pals Taz and Jim up there in the near future. I can't lie. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Who do you trust? Yes, who do you trust is the game and the topic. Mick Jagger what on his. Dra- 79th birthday here. Mick still rocking. Our contestant is Kent. How you doing, Kent? Great. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, buddy. You a big uh, Rolling Stones guy? Uh, medium. Okay. But you have been following uh, Mick Jagger's career. Yep. Okay. Yep, for sure. We've each got a fact about Mick, myself, Jim Kelly, and our producer, Ryan. Are you there, Ryan? Hey, guys. Hey. You guess who's telling the truth, and we'll give you $100 in Lotto Max tickets, okay? Sounds good. Why don't we start with you, Ryan? Go ahead with your fact. All right. So, back in the 70s, Mick Jagger, he's been known to star in films from time to time. He was thinking about combining his talents for acting and music, and he auditioned for the role of Danny Zuko in Greece. He actually got passed over, which is something Mick Jagger, not a, you know, not something that happens often to him, because the producers wanted somebody who had an American accent naturally in that role, and so that's why the the role went to John Travolta. You don't think Mick Jagger sounds like a, a, an American high schooler? Not quite. <laughs> I kind of did like a mashup of Travolta and Mick Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Mr. Carter! <laughs> okay, so he auditioned for Grease. There's Ryan's fact. Jim, what is your fact about Mick Jagger? Well, Kent, you say you're not a huge Rolling Stones fan, but you're probably familiar with the Sticky Fingers album cover where it's just like a close-up of Mick's crotch. Maybe stuffed okay. or not. I don't know. The rumor's flying. Nobody knows for sure. That's the one with the actual zipper on it that you can... Zzz, yeah, 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 on the album cover itself. So apparently in the late 60s, uh, according to one of his ex-girlfriend's sisters, he used to go up to women. This was his move. He used to go up to ladies at the pub, at the bar, whatever venue he's playing at, and he would say, Excuse me, do you think my pants are too tight around the crotch? And then they'd look down and be like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that was like his, his that was opener? His he'd be like, you think? And then obviously they'd look and he'd be yeah. like, you're in. 
That was his, I, that's according to his ex-girlfriend's sister. He would be like, you're in. No, no, you are in. You are in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes more sense. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you go to the you go to the loo and you don't shake enough. Sure, sure. But he said tight, not wet. <laughs> uh, is, it, is my crotch a little damp, girl? <laughs> Worst no, but he did say- line ever. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, do you notice any driplets on my <laughs> jeans? <laughs> I don't know why he's not working for me. It worked mm. for Mick Jagger. <laughs> okay, Ken, here is the truth about Mick. Uh, so he can afford to drive any car in the world. He owns he owns like tens of of cars. Uh, <laughs> tens. He's got he's got like thirty cars. Okay. okay, but the one he drives, his daily driver, the car that he drives the most, is a nineteen ninety eight beige Honda Civic. And the reason he drives that car is he feels it gives him a, a sense of. Uh, Anonymity, like he can get around and nobody pays attention to the car. They don't think Mick Jagger's going to be driving a car like that, so he can get around and it's discreet. It's discreet. So his his car that he gets around in most often is a 1998 beige Honda Civic. So who do you trust? Is it Jim Kelly with the old crotch trick? Is it Ryan? He auditioned for Greece, or is it myself, Taz, with the beige Honda? Well, I don't think it's Jim. Mm. I think I'm going to go with uh, with Ryan. You're going with Ryan? Or, uh, Ryan, are you telling the truth, buddy? Unfortunately not. No! <laughs> you dirty liar. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, are you telling the truth? I was, oh, yes. No. Yes, so this was uh, Jean Shrimpton, a model. Uh, Jean Shrimpton's younger sister said, Jagger would reportedly come on other women by asking them if his pants were too snug around the crotch. That was oh. his move. Uh-huh. Moves like Jagger. That song has a whole different meaning now. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.